Hello, and welcome to the Improv Network Podcast. I am your host, Bob Wick, and joining us today is my friend, Oliver Giorgio. I, I, I felt like I was going to mispronounce it. You saw him. I know I'm not going to miss it. Did I get it? It's just anxiety, Bob. It's just anxiety. It's always anxiety. <laughs> I, I, I am the rare improviser who's only confident on stage. <laughs> <laughs> That's not too rare, actually. Yeah, a lot of people no, feel, feel like at their uh, realist when on stage. So. I agree. Uh, today's topic, we're going to talk about, what are we going to talk about, Oliver? Uh, we're going to talk about uh, getting in trouble. Getting in um, trouble. Getting in trouble. Because uh, I found for me, it was a uh, it was a very freeing thing once I figured out how to uh, how to do it and allowed myself to do it. <laughs> awesome! I love this. I love this so much. Uh, before we get started, a uh, couple quick announcements. Again, we have changed your name to the Improv Network Podcast. New name, new skin. You see all that that box around us. Uh, new name. And tomorrow night, we're going to have a special roundtable, uh, an introduction to the Improv Network. Uh, it's going to be at. 7 o'clock p.m. right here. So tune in. Uh, we're going to have uh, basically the, the whole structure of the Improv Network talking to us. We're going to have a lot of cool people. We're going we're gonna to talk improv. We're going to talk about the future and uh, about the network itself. So that's going to be really cool. Come check it out. That's, that's my plug. <laughs> nice. That's a good plug. Thank you. Thank you. I know it feels weird without James here, but like we have no music or anything. He's got to teach me how to use this one day. Yeah, yeah, kind of threw me off. Uh, I am conditioned, sir. Um, so how how you been, man? Uh, good. Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, been fine, hanging out in uh, ye old Windsor, Windsor, Ontario. Right across from Great. In case you figure that out, I've got these wonderful pots to uh, to keep me company. Nice. I, oh. I pour water into one until it overflows, and then they overflow into the other ones, and then eventually just the back of the couch is soaked. It's wonderful. That's such a Canadian thing. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Canadian tradition. Yeah. <laughs> you guys in your waterfalls, man. Seriously. Yeah. Stop. We love our waterfalls. <laughs> Niagara Falls, we have the better side of it. So, I mean, it will. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we, uh, I, Natalie I, and I, I went to. Bob. I'm sorry? I said, How have you been, Bob? Oh, good, good. I was about to say, uh, Natalie and I went to Niagara Falls, one of our last big trips before the, the world changed, and you de- you guys definitely have the better side. The whole street that's just like Ripley's Believe It or Not and whatnot, I could, I have such an affection for that kind of like touristy crap. Uh, and I got it from my father, who would who would pull over to see the world's you know largest ball of string. Um, so so yes, Canada wins. You win this one, Canada. Uh, uh, if you love all that stuff, uh, visit Sudbury. I've never been, but they have the big nickel. It's just a huge nickel. Is that a Canadian nickel, or is it like? Yeah, Sudbury, Ontario. It's uh, it's a Canadian nickel, but it's made out of nickel because that's where they mine nickel. I think. Oh, so it's not like a nickel, a coin. Is it just like a piece of nickel, like? Well, it's a piece of nickel, but it's shaped into a nickel coin. Oh, that's redundant. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. You call your nickels nickels? You don't call them like Loon Juniors or something? Or Loon Juniors? No. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, the loony wasn't even the loony until I just discovered this, I think, 1987. 
Because before that, they didn't have a loony on them. They had two guys in a canoe. Uh, oh. they, yeah. The loon is the bird. Yeah. That's very interesting. You know what else is interesting? Getting into trouble. See what, what? I did there? See? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Wonderful segment. <laughs> Segway. <laughs> About working on it. Um, so, yeah, we were talking before the show, and I just love what you were talking about, um, getting in trouble, losing control, you're you know, letting go of the reins, if you will, in an improv um, scene. Uh, tell me more, please. Sure. Um, yeah, so I um, uh, I think I, I, I am, I do have like control stuff, um, and I mm -hmm. always have. Uh, and I feel like it kind of bled into a lot of my work. I was an actor beforehand kind of thing, and I'd like to like, have my thing and I I'd give notes to the director and they hated me for that. It was you know, I had stuff. <laughs> I had stuff. And you know what? And it doesn't go away. You just learn how to deal with it and to, how yeah. to be a better human. Um but I for the first five years that I was improvising, um I feel like I was you know, I was good at a lot of stuff, but I was still very kind of controlling of the stage or of where I was and I didn't quite know how to go with the flow as well. Yeah. And I feel like um, in 2013, I did, uh, that was kind of the turning point for me when I did uh, uh, Dave Rosowski's uh, Improvis Acting uh, in Toronto. And that was the first of two that I had taken with him. And then the whole idea of viewpoints and like kind of letting the energy flow through you and seeing right. what's there and then working with that. Um, it kind it kind of helped me to have the tools to not control what's happening, but to know how to deal with what's coming at me in a controlled way. <laughs> so it, it it redirected my control issues, I think, which is uh, all you can really do um, when you have them. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think we all start there, um, and maybe control for different reasons, whether it's for comfort or is just the way you were made, you know, if, if you have that, you know, a type personality um, it's, it's hard to let go of that control. Uh, and I think part of it too, is like, how, how do you, how do you develop your comedic voice and what, what kind of influence have you, you know, are you taking in and is your perception of the influences is the person in control when they're not, you know, like a, a strong improviser looks like they're in control and they're freaking out inside. Uh, like me trying to remember names in the beginning of this episode. Like it, it, it's a smooth transition. And for the audience or the student watching, I, th I think sometimes they, they misconstrued like, oh, no, we are not in control. We're just riding this wave, you know. But to be fair, you did uh, make it quite obvious that you weren't in control because you stopped yourself before you said the correct name. I I <laughs> think I nailed that. <laughs> I, you, okay. All right. Great. <laughs> you nailed the name. Still, it's nailed still it. it's still a work in progress, Oliver. It's still oh. a work in progress. <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, there's. Uh, I feel like there's a there's different ways that people can get into trouble on stage, kind of thing, and allow yourself to get into trouble, which is uh, which is one of the big things to uh, get over is allowing yourself to not know where you are exactly. Yeah, um, yeah to uh, to kind of get out of the narrative that you already have established 
uh, if there was one, or to get out of like, this is the kind of scene that I want to have. And it's like, okay, cool, but you're not necessarily going to have it because you're with somebody else on stage right. who may also want to have a type of scene or who, do, who also has a narrative or has just wants to play. And if you don't yeah. allow yourself to play, then I don't know. It's kind of forcing them into a scene that they don't want to be in. Well, I mean, a lot of the fun and a lot of the like the best moments you'll have on stage is discovery and having a discovered moment for you, your scene partner and the audience happen at the same time. That's the that's the magic. That's when we all go, oh, shit, where are we going next? You know, and those are, and those, are those huge laughs. Those are those. Absolutely. Those are the ones that that everyone sees and like, I want to get laughs like that. Cool. I'm yeah. going to do it. And they you could try as many different types of ways as you want kind of thing. But unless it comes out of like a moment of inspiration, it's not going to be that laugh. Absolutely. Um, not. Yeah. Because it's situational. And, yeah, the situation because it's uh, a point of view um, uh, that just kind of got away with you be because of a reaction that uh, that happened before you knew what your character wanted to say. Yeah, um, and and that's the one that works for me the most often is reacting as soon as as soon as I hear something that. Uh, makes me want to react it's like the first thing that comes out of their mouth the first thing that they do that uh that gets me i want to react to that because then i don't know exactly where i'm going next but i've yeah. already reacted so i've got to stick to that because the audience already saw it you know yeah that's yes yes, yes. Uh, what's i'm sorry go ahead <laughs> i was just gonna ask what's 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 your what's your favorite way to get into trouble but but if you had something else first, go for it. Oh, uh, you know what? Sometimes, <laughs> if anybody's listened to me talk enough, uh, my mouth gets myself in trouble. I like I like getting ahead of myself, like just like uh, just a like a string of consciousness and let it get out there. Uh, I mean, I've gotten to the point where it stays in the boundaries of what my character feels. So I have an emotion that I just ramble, and it's a total normal Bob thing, but I just. You like filter it through the character I'm playing and yeah. we'll get there. And I just follow the fun, you know, just, okay, I guess that's it. I mean, if you look at, at the green room of go comedy, I have a few, you know, we do the thing where if you have a funny line or you have a funny moment, we write it on the, on the green wall. Um, almost a hundred percent of those is me just saying something or mispronouncing something and just running with it. I, I'm discovering a new, discovering a new word for the dictionary, if you will, uh, and it's 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 my favorite way to play. Just because I, I I truly believe that is improvising. If you are thinking about what's happening next while you're in the moment, and when you're in that moment, um, then you're just writing really fast on stage, and that's not the job. The job is to create a character and just you know react in that moment. And discover what the story is along the way without directing, without writing, just being. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I like that oh, idea of the stream of consciousness kind of, and yeah, you're filtering it through that point of view kind of thing, but, hmm. um, but yeah, where it's at, what's coming out of your mouth is coming before your brain has registered what it is. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then you, you have to do, deal with it. You don't necessarily have to justify it. You just got to deal with it. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like when I say something so messed up, like we all have to take a second, like what just came out? I don't know. Let the, but it's a, it's, it's, it's canon now. Got to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so and just, just oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay, man. <laughs> just keep on going. Okay. So this style of play obviously takes some getting used to. Um, is yeah. there anything or any exercises or any anything, any mantras or I don't know, anything you had to tell yourself to get over the fear of letting go of the reins? Like, you know, because, you know, you said you were improvising for like five years before you started letting go. Was it a gradual thing or is it something you just, hey, this is something, did something click or is it something you had to gradually do? Um, I think it was coming from, because uh, one of the things that I grasped onto in uh, the improvised acting course and, and viewpoints, the tenets of viewpoints, was repetition. I really enjoy repetition. Um, and I mean, like, it's a, it's in Meisner as well. It's in, it's in Clown as well. And it's it's something that's used in a whole bunch of, like, it, comedy. Uh, but just repeating a word or a an idea um, back and forth kind of thing until it becomes something else. Uh, having a, an inane conversation about cake until, uh, you know, you've reached that point where the tension is at is at a ten uh, at a ten or at least a seven kind of thing, and then just the real thing comes out. You know, that thing that you're actually talking about comes out right. the truth. Um, because you know it's about cake, and you can have a lot of fun, you know, arguing about cake. But what's the argument about? And then when that truth comes out, it's always because you've ramped the tension up with that yeah. dumb conversation. When it comes out, it's just it has to be truth, and then you just have to deal with that. And obviously, not planning ahead for what comes out, but it's like it. Um, I find that those moments are exciting because not yeah. only have you. Not only do you let your words get away with you, like just whatever comes out next, um, the audience and your partner know that there's so much importance on this that that is it's literally what the rest of the scene was about <laughs> before yeah. you knew what that it was about that. Um, that's uh, and so that came out of uh, uh, me using repetition a lot and um, uh, what what Rosowski calls the Jerry chart, which is ramping up. I was just up. about to ask you, like, yeah, the five sisters. Ramp yeah. Uh, yeah, ramping up that uh, that uh, tension, that emotion, until yeah. you hit the point where there has to be something else. There has to be truth. Uh, and, and for those of you listening who are not familiar with the Jerry chart, um, Rosowski has a, really, a lot of good um, YouTube videos about his Jerry method and and how to use it and pull pushing and pulling methods. So definitely check those out. Um, yeah, because I I recognized it as soon as you were started talking about it. And honestly, his workshop uh, only you know I took it like maybe four years ago uh, was kind of an eye opener about that. There's a difference between argument and and having tension, and it was kind of a game changer because I was kind of caught in that thing where I was just adding too hard. You know, like okay. uh, everything's everything's. Oh yeah, this is a great idea. Let's follow this, and 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 it's a fun way to play. I'm not I'm not dogging it, but you know, I'm I'm a man who likes variety in his improv. So, <laughs> yeah. 
and I'm actually, I, I, I still get jealous of improvisers who uh, can do that and make it good. Um, right. Like there's a bunch of some of my favorite improvisers that just kind of are that happiest go lucky people in scenes. And it's the most genuine thing. And it's the most lovely thing to watch as well when, and they have so much fun just kind of messing with each other. And it's like, yeah. that's wonderful. I, I still have trouble doing that sometimes. So really? Like, I, I mean, just, uh, yeah, I like working with tension. And so oh, uh, when yeah. we're not working with tension, I am a little less, um, I feel like I'm a little less, uh, a little more over my head in terms of, I get too much in my head, I think about, uh, oh, sh oh shit, yeah. we're just, we're just playing with what? I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very much a, 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 a tension improviser more than No, I, you know, I recognize that, but I, I just assumed with your style that if you were playing with that kind of person, you would take the antagonist approach where it's oh, like, a um, oh yeah. Awesome. We're going to, we're going to start a dance studio. Can we light the floor on fire? You know, this, just, just adding when you, when you, and making it a little more, I don't know, dark, I guess for lack of a better term. And see, if I'm, if I am playing with someone who plays like that, I yeah. will do my utmost to play like that. One yeah. of the things that I, uh, at least I used to, I honestly, it's been so long since I've been <laughs> improvised in, uh, in person or like on a regular basis. Cause, uh, Los Angeles doesn't have that many opportunities to do that right. weekly. Um, as opposed to Toronto, where you can get up like three times a week and not even book a show. Um, but um, if I'm playing with someone who plays like that, I try to uh, adapt to how they want to play. Um, yep. And that, that in the end, makes me a better improviser as well, because it's it's fun to try out different things. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, if if I'm playing with someone, especially someone that I've looked up to for doing that, then I'll definitely try to keep up with that for sure. Oh, yeah. um, it, it's like taking a workshop on stage. I love it. Like mirroring someone's <laughs> style. Yeah. Uh, and another, actually, one of the uh, most effective ways uh, and quick ways to get in trouble that uh, I struggled with for a long time um, because... I was never that into specifics because uh, I didn't necessarily, I didn't want to like define anything too early. And I, I still find that, you know, waiting a little bit to fully define what the scene is about, at least, you know, at least three lines in is great um, because it, it gives you both a chance to kind of brick by brick, figure out what the relationship is before you start adding specifics. But adding uh, like super specific things, which is something I took from annoyance. Um, uh, uh, Susan Messing was super hard on this about getting specifics out. Um, that lets, that gives your partner so much to work with. Right. And when you're, when you're making up specifics, like when it's from your life kind of thing, that's fine. You might get something wrong even, but if you're making up specifics, Sometimes it's just so dumb, but it has to come out so naturally and so quickly that you are going to say something that is ridiculous that you now have to work with or deal with if they react to it in a in a in a, in a strong way. It's like, oh no, well, yeah. great. Now I'm the guy who you know 
who made candy cane nutcrackers with his mom. And now I've got to figure out how to like, how the fuck the candy cranes n crack nuts. I don't know. Uh, but, it, and that's an innocent version of, of anything, but, uh, but I, I'd yeah, watch that scene. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd watch that scene. I'd watch that scene. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yourself to be specific. Yeah. Yeah. And I think again, that comes from like, because I'm I'm in the same like again with names and everything. I had to learn like if you name your like just something as simple as naming your scene partner or you know just just you know nailing the carpet to the floor so no one can pull it out from under you or you you just have to deal with yourself is such a great gift and I and I think it's another fear based thing we don't do because I I don't want to when I'm in this scene juggling I want to juggle more information than I need to. I mean, that's how I felt me personally. That's, that's my, my reason for not doing it when I was, when I was a youngin. Um, okay. Yeah. Was that you didn't want to juggle more. You didn't want to juggle more than you didn't want it. Yeah. Cause I, I wanted to focus. I want to listen and focus on what was going on. I, and honestly, when I was, you know, starting, I probably was planning ahead. Like, where could this go? You know, all the, all the rookie mistakes. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and I mean names uh names especially though it's like yeah uh, to name someone on stage uh definitely I think one of the more important things because it um especially if you're in some it you can use a name like as going back to repetition you can use a name to like really drill something in without saying anything except for their name <laughs> right that kind of thing uh, but also when, if you're in something that you can come back to, like a montage or a, a or a, a herald or something like that, then the name, uh, it gives you that thing to latch onto kind of thing. So it's, so I understand I used to never want to name people as well. Or if I did, it would always be something dumb so that I, I would try to be, I would try to do it like something like a very unique name, but then I'd right. forget it because it was too unique. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> uh, the trick I used to use if someone had personality traits of someone I knew I would try to name after that person either you know someone I knew in high school or a uh, family member or something like oh you're being so Uncle Frank right now I'm gonna call you Frank you know? uh -oh, and that, that gets you into trouble in different ways uh -oh. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Frank in the audience you just didn't know Uncle <laughs> Frank ain't buying a oh, ticket <laughs> that's not me at all <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah. Well, or they or he laughs at me. He's like, oh for sure. <laughs> you come down to the bone like I am like that. <laughs> he just like walks out. He leaves and the audience yeah. a change, man. <laughs> yeah, going home to reflect. Oh, poor Uncle Frank. <laughs> um, I'm just talking about names right now. Did you watch the the Mildich and Schwartz uh, Netflix specials? I watched a couple of them. I didn't. I didn't. I haven't seen all of them. No. I just bringing it up because they played an amazing name game. Uh, there was a a ski lodge scene, and they started off on the whatever that contraption is that that brings you up. I've never been skiing. That brings you up the hill. The that you sit ski on lift. like ski lift. Yeah, yeah, that thing. But yeah, the ski yeah. helper. The ski helper uh, <laughs> helps you up the hill. Oh, I like Ski Helper, though. That would have been good. That's a good That's specific. A yeah. Kids, you can use that. Write your scripts. Submit them to uh, the Improv Network podcast. Um, 
but <laughs> they did the a really fun, you know, they, they were playing different levels. So two characters were on the, the ski helper. Uh, and then they had another character skiing down the hill. And the, the, the character mentioned how he was at the, everybody was waiting at the cabin for him. It was like, Oh, there's like seven of us waiting at the cabin. And Schwartz is like, Oh yeah. Name them. And he had to name all these characters who happen to have like stereotypical Italian names. So they get to the cabin and he had, and then Schwartz had to play all these characters and it's such a great moment. And it, and it comes from just like, Hey, I got these characters name them. And he had to do it. And it's amazing. It, it's like that thing. Like, be, So going back to what you're saying, being specific can be a really great gift that you give yourself or that you can use to get your scene partner into trouble when they, when they mention it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Remembering seven names that are just rattled off by your partner. <laughs> is yeah. a nightmare. For me. <laughs> oh, me too. Oh man. Um, yeah. And, Funnily, I funnily enough, I uh, I do prefer um, when it comes to like endowing in it, in a very uh, uh, fun or aggressive way. What what we used to call pimping and don't really have a better word for right now. Right. Uh, I like to do it. I like to do it to myself more yeah. than because it's like yeah, it's. It's that old, it's that old once again annoyance thing. It's like take care of yourself. It's like all right, cool. In which case, I'm gonna get myself into trouble. <laughs> uh, you can come along with me. You can get yourself into trouble. Um, but especially if it's someone that I'm not used to working with. Um, if it's someone that I'm used to working with, then I have no problem because I know exactly. But if it's someone that I'm not used to working with, it's like I much rather get myself in trouble, and we can deal with it right. together, than uh, than put you in a position where you're like getting in your head about, oh shit, what am I supposed to do with, I I don't know how to rap. And, and if I do, is it offensive? You know, it's, right. <laughs> I think that's the um, only thing I'd be afraid of, like accidentally saying something that you were, were unaware of is offensive uh, or, you know, yeah, which is, you know, I always go back to like, I, I call it the dinner party uh, rule. Like, you know, act as if like you you don't take care of everybody at the party because no one wants to hear you say something inappropriate, you know? Yeah. Uh, and when it comes to, uh, yeah, cause there is that type of getting in trouble as well, where it's like, uh, and that's kind of, um, an idiot thing. We we're talking about idiot oh, yeah. work a little bit before this, um, where it's making the audience uncomfortable, but like just enough that you can get them back with, yeah by repeating something from before or like uh it's like not walking that line between comfort and discomfort and i think there are many ways that you could go too far right away kind of thing like there's things that you just you don't you you don't say in uh in anywhere uh but especially not in front of an audience um because you will lose them right away um and uh, and so you know when it comes to getting in trouble it's like well don't just don't get yourself in trouble that way. Uh, there are yeah. reasons for control issues and you get to choose when and not when and when not you use them. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so if something like that comes up, you know, you could lean into it and be creative about how you are, you know, this, uh, whether it's uh, being, yeah. you know, racist, misogynist, 
Like, how can you lean into that without losing, uh, without disappointing yourself, right. without disappointing your people, uh, partners on stage, and without disappointing the audience? How Absolutely. can you lean into those thing, those characters without uh, losing everyone, and you just stand on stage being like, I hate that I'm doing this right now. Yeah. Um, or you can address it and move on because the scene doesn't have to be about that. Oh, you can absolutely, choose, absolutely, yeah. You can choose to do something even more ridiculous uh, and then the scene becomes about that. There are, there are yeah. many ways around doing that, especially when you're with uh, on a troupe or in a team that is not uh, prepared to handle that. If you're on an all-male yeah. team and misogyny comes up, it's like, is this really the troupe that the audience yes. wants to see yes. deal with this issue? <laughs> You know? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I like what you said because there's that whole playing to the height of your intelligence and and you know almost making a comment about what kind of character says those kind of things, like an Archie Bunker type way of doing it, or like yeah. um, Jill Bernard told us a, a story. Uh, she does her one woman show, Drum Machine, and at the beginning of the show, she interviews someone who. And during one of her shows, uh, and she uses the the interview as you know as as a, a get to do the, her her scenes or do the whole show, and the person becomes a character within that show. And the person she happened to be interviewing that night uh, did American Sign Language, and she's like, you know what? I could do the the bullshit sign language stuff we do as we're kids because we don't know any better. Or I could do it respectful. So before she started anything, she's like, hey, I just want to address this. Um, just so you don't have any false expectations, I only know one word in sign language, and it's thank you. Uh, so all the sign language you're going to see tonight is just going to be done as thank you. And I thank you for your get. And then she that's every every time she did sign language, that's all she did. And it's it's legit. It's a totally respectful way of doing it. It's a smart way of doing it. And you know what? It, people are relaxed and they can accept that because they probably would rather see that than someone trying to do improvised sign language, which may or may not be offensive. To, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, and that comes with setting expectations and framing what you're going to be doing. Right. Um, did you say that she like pulled the audience member up and was improvising with that person? Or no, no. Just that person, that person. She does that character. She does that character. She oh, interviews okay. that character. And, yeah. Okay. Oh, that would that'd be kind of cool. She could do it. I mean, she could improvise with anybody. She's amazing. But I don't yeah, think that's sure. That's a, a do it. A, a Tara. What's oh, what's her name? What's her last name? Um, Ask me about she, names. Oh, yeah. But she was at. Uh, I remember at Diff. It was Tara. Um, it starts with a D, and she, oh, she D had all the D Francisco. D uh, I'm yeah, Tara De Francisco. Yeah. Thank you. Um, oh, I, where she I was slaughtered just, it. <laughs> I was like, how how great was that to just uh, and what a what a wonderful way to get yourself in trouble as well. Uh, oh. Where a headlining set. This is a 30 minute set at Diff, and she uh, had everyone who wanted to play put their uh, ID into a box, and then she just reached in and grabbed one. It's like there's no way to tell what's going to happen. <laughs> That's but awesome. It, yeah. Uh, and yeah, you're playing with someone who you not only don't know, you don't know the sensibilities of, you don't know what they're going to say, and if you're going to have to deal with something, you know, 
that is un very uncomfortable coming out because they, yeah. you know, they they're in front of an audience every day. They don't, yeah. they don't know what will shut down, <laughs> will will shut down the hearts of men and women. Um, and uh, but um, <laughs> yeah, I've never. I, but that that was a wonderful show though because everyone knew. She set it up. She framed it as whatever this person does today, they are the hero. And I love that. Um, it was one of my yeah. favorite framings of a show uh, and setting setting of expectations. So mm -hmm. because uh, you know, she she was like, I'm I'm the old man improv. Like I'm 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 the 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 master on stage here. This person right. may or may not have any idea what they're doing. So whatever they do, they are the hero. If this show sucks. That's on me, <laughs> and yeah. uh, and I took I took so much away from watching that show. That was really wonderful. Um, yeah, and it was it was awesome. It was awesome. Ugh. Okay. Yes. For, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I, uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth. So okay. would you consider when we learn imp to improvise, we learn rules, and we kind of set, set. And when we discover our voice, we kind of have an expectation, and how do we think it, improv? set should go, how we should perform within it, what we should do as a troop mate and as a performer. So getting yourself in trouble, and this is generally speaking, is inserting elements into the set that that disrupt those. Okay. Okay. Uh, that, that or, or how would you frame disrupt our, uh, our paradigms as to what we're what we're supposed to be doing uh i th think that well i mean there's learning when to because i mean the rules obviously are guidelines there's no rules yeah. to improv and and so forth and you can do whatever the heck you want uh the rules are there to instill good habits uh yeah. that make that tend to make improv scenes better um, or at least in the style uh, that work best in the style that the uh, that the school teaches, um, and having those tools and learning when you can I mess with them. Yeah. One sec. Say it again. Say it again. How you said it. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> Say it again how you uh, said it, because I'm getting okay. lost. I'm getting so okay. when we learn to how to improvise, we we take the classes, we learn rules, uh, we learn, yeah. we kind of learn our own comedic voice as well, and apply that to whatever style that we want to do on stage. So we almost okay. create paradigms. So by getting yourself self in trouble is implementing things that disrupt that paradigm that we have while we're on stage. And almost putting you into a, a fight or flight type. Sure, that makes sense set. because yeah, yeah. It, 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 if you're getting yourself into trouble, you're kind of you're breaking yourself out of your comfort zone. Um, and so yeah, whatever preconceived notions we have about what a scene should be about, or about what we want the scene to be, or about uh, what we think the audience wants to see, um, kind of letting ourselves get to a point where it's like, oh no, are we still doing that? Whatever. <laughs> uh, Let's go with what this is now. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say that. I'd say that's a good way to put that. All right, um, cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. cool. All right, cool. Cool. <laughs> yeah, just Chris, sorry, just Chris Farley, do you remember that time you were at Diff? 
<laughs> that was cool. Uh, that was cool. Uh, we, we have a couple people who want to do some shout outs. Uh, Kurt says this is his favorite show. He says that about okay. every show. Yeah, that I think about that, it was that hot Looney Jr. talk that really got him in the beginning. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. And Tom Schultz, uh, Alvarez's point about repetition makes me think about Miser's exercise of saying the same word over and over again, where the world word evolution or evolutions Evolve. with different tone yeah. evolves. Tone, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, definitely a Meisner thing as well. Um, I've never taken a Meisner course. Uh, so I only know from, uh, uh, what's it called? Anecdote, I guess, uh, that it's the same, but it's, um, uh, but yeah, it's, especially with somebody's name kind of thing, you can get, what I like about repetition is that you can, at the beginning of a scene, like solidify exactly how you feel and the intricacies mm -hmm. of how you feel about somebody and the situation and what they just said, or uh, simply by saying their name over right. and over and over again, but having a full conversation. Like the whole first beat of a scene could just you be saying somebody's name and then you know exactly how you feel about each other. So then what comes out in words, the audience already has figured out what's happening. So what comes out in words, then they're entirely validated in what they already think. Or it surprises them because what you saw might be a little bit different from what they saw. Um, but yes. Uh, uh, to have to have the scene evolve, to have this the whole first beat of the scene, to have even a whole scene with just like one or two words. Oh uh, yeah, I love that. I love that's, that. It's very uh, Malkovich. Uh, Malkovich, uh, like yeah, John Malkovich. Yeah, you ever seen being John Malkovich? Uh, I have. Um, so so I there's an particular scene. Okay, so in being John Malkovich, uh, there is a tunnel that you can crawl into and you become John Malkovich for a couple hours until you yes. get spit out. There's a yeah. point at, at the very end of the movie where he climbs into himself and then he sees a whole world and every character in it is John Malkovich and all it can say is the word Malkovich. But you absolutely know what they're talking. It's all, it's not gibberish because Malkovich uh -huh. is the last name, but it's very, yeah, it's really, it's fun. A fun scene. All right. <laughs> yeah, totally the culmination, the culmination, the big point of that movie. Oh yeah, I don't remember it. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, I've only seen it once, and it was years ago. Okay. 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 Wow. No. <laughs> I gotta watch. I gotta watch more Bean John Malkovich. I've gotta get yeah. more in touch with my Steppenwolf people for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, more Gary Sinise. He was he's Steppenwolf too. I think. Yeah. I don't know. Um. But in terms of speaking of uh, right. actors with scripts, um, that's uh, something that I love doing as well. Uh, hey, Peter, how's it going? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, something that I love doing as well is um, when it comes to scripts and uh, uh, marking out beats and figuring right. out what those beats are um, is to even though the scene is about one thing and the, and trying to get one thing or like trying or two people trying to get something and then they clash. And then that's kind of like how scenes are written. Yes. Um, 
because it's like, oh, I want the book. Oh, but I need this book to to save my grandmother. It's like, no, but I I I want I need that book. I don't know, whatever. And then you know, it's like so. And one person either gets what they want at the end of the scene, or one person uh, doesn't, and it either goes on or they don't get it right. definitively. Whatever. Um, but that's that's what this that's what the writers for is to write that. That's what the directors for is to make sure that that happens in the scene. But for the actor, put roadblocks so that uh, you aren't just uh, you aren't just a cog in the scene because yeah. they are going to make sure that that all happens especially on film stuff they're going to make like the editor is going to make sure that that all happens right but what you can do to make yourself interesting is get lost a little bit in what you're saying uh you know put importance on on uh in weird places um uh, in terms of your actions and like how you're doing it and what you're trying to get uh yeah, just give yourself variety in that so that you can kind of get lost a little bit and have to bring yourself back. It's, it's a way of getting yourself in trouble with a script um, yeah. so that then the audience, especially on camera, when they can see all your eye movements and your facial stuff, that, in my opinion, is what uh, what we believe good actors are. <laughs> yeah, they don't, only they don't only contribute to... Uh, what the scene is trying to to do or what the whole story is trying to do they keep track they can keep track of that obviously but within a single scene it's like have your own uh wants and weird kind of uh ways of getting it that aren't necessarily uh cohesive with the storyline and that just adds a different layer to it um because everyone else is taking care of the rest of it you yeah. know Anyway. And I find wants so interesting because some wants are so obvious and I think it's always strong to give your character a want. Uh, but something we don't talk about enough is the why we want the want. So you have your, you, you know, uh, I want a cigarette. Uh, it's the one that I always hear in the, like the workshops. And I want a cigarette. Why do you want a cigarette? Oh, because it's a device to deliver nicotine. Well, why do you want nicotine? Uh, because that's how I cope with my feelings. Oh, what? Why are you feeling this way? And they keep on going. You know, you learn yeah, a little bit. You, yeah. If you ask for a cigarette, you're like, I want a cigarette. It's like there's always a there's always a, some sort of stimulus. Now, yes. There's a reason that you said that. Whether or not uh, your character or in real life, whether or not that person realizes why that want just came up uh it's like no something whether it's just sitting at your desk and being bored uh because you've got too much you know to work on and uh and you're like ah oh, shit before i get to this i've got to have a cigarette like there's always some sort of stimulus so yes i love that uh dive into why you want it yeah cool uh switching gears just a little bit sorry have you ever okay. been part of a group as, as a group mind or as, as just a troop that like, Hey, we're all going to get ourselves into trouble and maybe find that trouble at the same, try to discover at the same time. Oh, um, well, I've been in groups that, um, where it was just all getting into trouble <laughs> and that. <laughs> like, I, I love how you rubbed uh, your hands. They said that like we all got, 
Uh, and it was it was like so much so that it was because we were all getting into our own forms of trouble. It wasn't like a group trouble. It was it I at least in my from my point of view kind of thing. It was kind of a messy trouble. So it just turned into a really messy set. Uh, and I think we had a lot of those. Um, but also, and that's just because I feel like a, a a couple of people on the team would constantly get into trouble. So if anyone else tried anything like that, then we would all just be, uh, you know, tossing out randomness or if not, if not randomness, then just kind of like getting to places where it's, it's hard for us to, to deal with that again. Um, uh, as a, cause, uh, I'm talking about Calvin ball, you know, Calvin ball, yes. uh, we had some real, uh, uh, real, not pirates. I was. I think I was a pirate, and as well as uh, sometimes a robot. Uh, but we had a lot of um, people just kind of going out and and doing the most fun thing that they could think of, at, and uh, and me <laughs> being on the sidelines, like, how are we going to make this work? <laughs> um, or me going out and taking over a scene because uh, because I was like, this is too wild. We need some context. And and it didn't always work out because again, you can't be the person that fixes things when they're out of control. Sometimes right. you just have to go with it. And so that was as much my control problem as it was uh, everyone at once deciding that this is just gonna be a wacky ass set. <laughs> um, and so some great shows came out of that. We had some amazing shows, but also it's like the shows that I don't have up on the internet are uh, the ones that were just a little bit too wild for me. The shows <laughs> I only show at parties. Uh. Yeah, not even. No, nope. those are the ones that I don't watch. Those are, yeah. Um, but yeah, so there are times when I think uh, uh, grabbing the reins is a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah, there's got to um, be balance. Um, yeah, there's always got to be balance. Always got to be balance. Um, so when you are coaching or teaching, are there exercises to, to push people out of their comfort zone to, to almost force them to discover their own trouble? Um, or is uh, and are there are there exercises to to teach people like, hey, you you're always in trouble here are the reins like it's <laughs> how do you find how um, you teach the balance i guess is what i'm asking so i uh, in my opinion depending on whether or not somebody needs control or whether or not somebody needs to let go of control having the tools um yeah. will all will will give them the tools that they need having any uh having the tools for both kind of thing especially when it comes to uh oh once again, um, uh, viewpoints and the whole uh, uh, kinesthetic reaction. That's the one. That's the tenet. There's seven, yeah. uh, seven That's tenets a of viewpoints. That's word right there. Yeah. <laughs> kinesthetic reaction. Uh, that is my favorite one for um, getting people out of their heads and letting them not plan. Really quick. Because whatever... I'm sorry. Can sorry. we explain what what that is like? Wh like what the so kinesthetic, kinesthetic reaction? It would be like another word for impulse, mm -hmm. uh, but in your body. So the movement that your body automatically wants to make 
whether it's uh, uh, there's the exercise of you can only walk in straight lines kind of thing. So you have to channel all that through that. But in a regular scene, it could be, you know, like where you're about to grasp your pearls. It could be uh, like just your face reaction. It could be uh, stepping away. It could be turning your whole body. It could be just a flinch. Just a, like a, it's like when you do this to somebody and they go, that's a kinesthetic reaction. So uh, letting the kinesthetic reaction, kinesthetic reaction come first. Right. Um, and then, and I think I talked about this in the last one uh, that I was on as well, uh, when it was still FAQ, sorry. Oh. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> reacting to either a word or like a, 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 a sentence that somebody has said, reacting to a movement, reacting to a gesture, uh, reacting to that physically first, so letting yourself react physically, and then through that physicality, figuring out how you feel, because then that shape that you're taking into account, like the shape of you, where you're at, and kind of, uh, and your face, and oh, what is this emotion? This emotion is taken aback. Um, and then once you've registered that emotion, then what are you gonna say? Because now through your first kinesthetic reaction, then emotional reaction, now verbal reaction, yeah. you had no idea what you were going to do until you got to this position, until this happened and you registered what was happening. You had zero idea what was happening, what, what you were going to say until you got here. So it's an absolute freedom, but at the same time, you get to, you have the tools and you're kind of like in control of that process so it gives you control while at the same time putting you into a place where you didn't expect to be. Um, which is like, my I'm with you, which is like a natural way to play because as humans, that's what we do. You know, you, you walk into the house, you smell something burning. You, what, what is it? What is this? You know, like you will have a natural knee jerk reaction the words are always going to be the first thing you do because you didn't expect this. It's, it's discovery, going back to what we were talking about before. And it's really cool. Um, Rizowski had a really cool exercise where it was two people on stage sitting in chairs and they were supposed to be absolutely, you know, you find your, I think it's been four years. I think you call it, you're, you're just your neutral spot or your zero. You, you just, you know, uh, and then yeah. you just look at each other, look at the other person. And I believe the person A asked for something and no matter what it is, person B had to say no. And you slowly okay. built, and they kept on, and they kept on asking for the same thing. So for example, if it was a child, it's 7 a.m. Mom, can I have some ice cream for breakfast? No. And you kept on going back and forth and, and you, you don't really change what you're asking for because that's the character a's want you might add a little bit more like i was really good last night i went to bed on time may i please have some ice cream for dinner and you're supposed to stay neutral until they say something you know person b is supposed to stay neutral until they say something that gives you a knee you know that jerk reaction um yeah it gets them it gets them yeah. And, and then and then that's when you kind of switch gears or but you, you don't want to drop the the person a still wants ice cream so you don't want to drop that but now you're but now person b is playing from a different space and it's it, it really went into some really cool 
and I would like interesting characters, but in scenes that were relatable, but the, the push and pull tensions there, uh, I believe there's a video. I, I, I want to say the title of it is Rizowski and he, uh, the name of the scenes, hot cross buns, or are you familiar with this one? Hot cross yeah. buns, potentially. Yeah. Um, it's him and a female improviser in a car and they set up two cameras and it's all improvised. And you watch the push and pull tension until, like, yeah, it's, it's a really good example of that one. I and I forget her name, and I hate that I forget her name. Uh, but there's also, <clears throat> um, there's also one where it's uh, uh, they're on a plane, and she keeps on bugging him, and he's trying to sleep. <laughs> um, but I know exactly who you're talking about. I know exactly who you're talking about. And I, uh, I hate that I forget her name. Be uh, uh, names. Yes. I, I already established, <laughs> and I'm a horrible person, and I um, I hate it. Uh. <laughs> um uh so yes uh that's uh i actually never did that exercise with him but uh but i love that exercise and it yeah. uh the one he did with us was uh uh i call it alignment because he never gave names to it but it's where you're either in response to yourself you're in response to the other person uh or you uh or if there's a third person you could be in response to that person and so it's the your body uh, orientation tells you who you're in response to. So it's basically who has got you, like whose words you're actually responding to, uh, as opposed to like in a three-person or four-person scene, uh, just kind of responding to everyone and not quite knowing what the scene's about, uh, figuring out who has your attention and who, who you are, like you could be talking uh, uh, in third person about somebody who's in the room, you know, that's always they always say, uh, have that in movies it's like I'm right here. But it's like, no, they're not talking to you because who they want to who they need to get across something across to who they need something from, whether it's validation or an answer or just a physical thing is this person. So that's who they're in response to. So that's the one that we did in terms of uh, what you were just saying uh, when you were when you feel like you've been gotten. <laughs> yes. When, when you've got that that reaction. Uh, uh, but yeah. Uh, I love that. Love that. Cool, cool. Uh, do do I have uh, do I have time to go into one more thing that I like to do oh, scripted wise? Um, get, get you not here. I'm in control of all the buttons. So if you want to, if you want, man, you're my guest. If you want to talk about something else, I'm 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 having a good time. So yes, please. Okay. Uh, so uh, scripted wise. Um, and you can use this in improv as well. Uh, one way that I like to lose control a little bit is to figure out what word, especially in a monologue where you're responding to yourself. Yeah. Um, and that's a wonderful thing uh, uh, for everything that we've just been talking about. Um, the the sentence, the last person that you respond to is always yourself. Right. Um, so you can hear something, but again, it's like you're listening to that kinesthetic reaction, to that emotion, and then speaking. So the last person you always listen to is yourself. Um, but it, listening to the word in the previous sentence that inspires the next sentence. Why are you saying this next sentence? And in a monologue, you were responding to yourself. Uh, so I could be saying, um, yeah, I went to my mom's the other day and she had some excellent crock pot, like the stew kind of thing. Uh, and so out of that, um, What's the next thing that I'd say? And I mean, she's a wonderful cook. 
And so from that, I'd take, uh, I was probably listening to the word crockpot. Right. Because crockpot to, to me is something that anyone can use. You just toss a bunch of stuff in it yeah. and anyone can make something good. But it's like, so I had to validate her cooking because I said the word crockpot. It was like, uh, and so listening to, the, uh, choosing which word in a script you are actually responding to with the next sentence. And in that way, that'll remind you of what your next sentence is because when it comes up, you're like, oh yeah, crockpot. Now I have to validate it. Um, but also it kind of, it changes the way you say it every time you say it <laughs> because it's like improvising just with words, <laughs> you know, already set up for you. Improvising just with words. I love that. Yes. Yes. It, it kind of reminds me of something, I, I, another exercise I enjoy, or, or I, I don't, honestly, I would call it like more of a, a trick for lack of better terms. Ooh. When you initiate, start off with a, a strong, it, I don't have to, it doesn't have to be strong, but pay attention to what your first sentence is, like just like what you were doing there. And if the scene or your character within the scene ever gets in the weeds, uh, you can always repeat that. And you don't have to repeat it, repeat the same sentence in the same tone, but have that sentence reflect reflect you know in the the tone you're currently feeling as a character and it kind of resets yeah. you and it's a great way to you know so if you do get yourself in trouble there's your way of getting out of it <laughs> yeah just bring back something from the beginning a touchstone that's a touchstone yeah nice i like that yeah all right uh, and you know wherever you went it's uh then it turns into that whole cloverleaf pattern and it allows you to get away because uh because you can always come back to that one point. Uh, and then it kind of broadens your circle for the next time you, you get away. It's good. I love that. Well, my friend, it's been a pleasure talking to you as always. Uh, thank you so much for, for coming out and coming out, coming out over Zoom. I always enjoy this. Always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, thank you, everybody, for paying attention. And we'll be back. Well, actually, we're going to be doing the live show tomorrow night. Come check that out. Uh, however, I'm so sorry. I should have asked you before we start recording. Is there anything you'd like to plug before we go? Sure. I'm actually doing a scene. Uh, Bree Watson, uh, Toronto improviser, is doing uh, one scene per day of January. And I think she's going into February, too. But I'm doing that scene today at 7 p.m. Eastern uh, okay. on Bree Watson's Facebook page. Uh, so look sure. that up. She'll be live streaming. And I'll also be in Snow Day um, oh. on the 17th uh, in the 1 p.m. block. So come, you know, spend the money on that because that's uh, all that money is going to Gilda's Club Detroit. Yes. Uh, and uh, in support of uh, cancer. Sorry, can I say that? It's fine. Yeah. Uh, we've said <laughs> um, plenty of times during this. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I'll be for, uh, performing with uh, as. As of yet, I'll be performing with Laura Johnson. Uh, we'll be doing a soda set, uh, which will be exciting because it's been a very long time since I've been on stage with her. And I'm excited. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so awesome. And thank you for, for coming out for that. That's awesome. Uh, you know what? Send me the link and I'll post it under this and so people can find it easier. Uh, so definitely check that out, folks. Thank you again, Oliver. Thank you, everybody. Uh, this has been the Improv Network Podcast. Have a good week. Oh, have a good 24 hours. Bye.